Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 184 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. As we draw closer to the hunting seasons in Utah, actually, some have started even August 1st. So as we move in that time of year, as the hunting seasons are about to happen, I want to talk a little bit about uh, wildlife management and how the units or the areas, small designated areas or units, how they are managed. And there's a multitude of different ways. And a lot of it is based upon public input. And then some of it is based on reaction to uh, some type of negative consequence or whatever. Oftentimes there are a multitude of different strategies that are employed for even a single unit. And people are not often aware of what's going on. They'll see one thing and expect that those same results all across the state when that is just not possible. So we're going to talk about management strategies today. There's a few that we're going to go over and most people are familiar with. First is hunter opportunity. This whole unit is, its whole goal is to increase opportunity for all sportsmen. Uh, sometimes people will call them sacrificial units because you're not going to get that big massive buck. Uh, if you do, you're pretty lucky in this type of unit. They are managed in a way to provide the maximum amount of opportunity without hurting whatever species population objective goals are. So they are going to bring in the most hunters they possibly can. They don't care about overcrowding or bringing too, much, too many hunters in. It's just about creating opportunity. And they're going to create as much opportunity as long as it's not detrimental to that population, meaning they are going to push it right to the edge and then just bring it back just a little. Oftentimes there is complaints about these units that there's not big deer, big bucks, big bulls, or there's too many people everywhere you look on every ridge, you see just orange. And so there are a lot of, a lot of problems associated with these units, but the amount of people who are hunting today need opportunity, and there are just areas that you're going to have to have to be sacrificial. Now, uh, some states will move around these sacrificial units. They'll uh, hunt them really hard for three or four years and bring that population down. And then they'll move to another area and let that population rise. They kind of put them on a rotation. And there are others that they're heavy in the, their removals and harvest, but not as heavy as these ones that are, are moving around. So they tend to be uh, a lot longer. And then they'll just adjust tags based upon what their models are saying. Another challenge uh, with this type of strategy is it brings the overall structure of the population down. Because you're harvesting a lot of males, uh, you're harvesting, most people tend to go after bigger deer, and so they are harvesting these older deer. But then once you start harvesting a lot of these older deer, you're just happy to even see a buck and so you're going to start harvesting whatever. And ultimately, that will drive the male population down. Now, you don't need a whole lot of males to service a bunch of females. But what will happen is you're bringing that age class down. Let's say your, your average age of deer that was killed, after all your studies and done, were three and a half to four and a half years old. And then you turn it into a sacrificial or a hunter opportunity unit. 
you're going to bring that down from three and a half to four and a half down to one and a half to three and a half, somewhere in between there. And th and that's okay because the, the population can handle it. But now the challenge you face is you're now getting really young with these bucks on the younger side, a year and a half. Is too, is too young to overcome this, some of the challenges. Like we had a bad winter here that really affected all the fawns. Uh, the area's lost 100% of their fawns or 90% of their fawns. So you're starting to kill that group of fawns and then it started to affect the yearlings. So now you have a year and a half old buck that's, that's gonna be affected by this harsh weather. And so that could really, really hurt your population of bucks and it overall hurt your population of bucks and bulls, whatever they are, uh, females as well, because now you don't have enough bucks or bulls to go in and service all these females that are ready to breed. And so there are some challenges. Uh, wildlife managers and biologists really have to be on top of this to make sure they don't overharvest in these hunter opportunity areas. The next one we're going to talk about is age management. This is the, the units that everybody loves, everybody puts in for, and they wait 20 years just to draw the tag. What you're doing in age management, age-based management, is you are looking to increase the age of your population of males. So in an area that uh, I was working at, we had an area that was between two and a half and three-year-old bulls. And it was decided that they were going to turn this into what some people would call a prime unit. They were going to increase the age, the average age of the harvested animal from two and a half to three and a half to four and a half to five and a half. So a massive jump. It doesn't happen. It can't just happen in a year because we're increasing age. So you need three or four years to bring your average up to where you want it. Yeah, everybody loves these because its whole goal is to increase the amount of mature animals. It doesn't matter. So when you start to increase the age of the males, you also are increasing the population because now you're not harvesting as many of these males. And so overall, you're keeping a higher amount of animals in the area. Now, if you do this too close to an urban area or a highly ag area, you're going to have a lot of conflict. So you need to be careful about when you are going to employ this age-based management. A lot of states desire to have these prime units and they are also what we would call socially desirable because everybody's on social media looking at all these big deer saying, I want access to those. And access is really difficult getting into those. One nice thing about these age management units is oftentimes it reduces overcrowding because they're not giving out as many tags for bucks and bulls as they are for those hunter opportunity areas. So you have a lot more opportunity to see mature animals and a lot less people. It's also gonna increase the antler size. Age increases antler size up to a certain point. But there are some challenges that you can face with these age-based uh, age management units. 
some of the problems they create is if the again if the population is too close to an urban area you're going to have a lot of animals and they're going to want to come into these urban areas uh, it'll create a little bit more conflict uh, and I would call them unrealistic expectations. Somebody posts a picture and says, oh man, this deer was killed in Utah and it's just massive. You know, it's 40 inches. And then people start applying for Utah thinking the whole state or Wyoming or Idaho or Montana, all these states have these units and people see them and they're just like, that's just amazing. Everywhere I go, I should be seeing that. When in fact, the opposite is true. There are a lot more sacrificial units than there are prime units. Uh, there is a area that I live in, which is extremely crowded. And, and I understand that it's crowded. We have a lot of people here in Northern Utah and it's very crowded. And then right next to some of these areas are, um, they are these prime units and people are seeing the deer come off of each unit and then they start blaming the biologists saying the biologists don't really have an understanding of how they're managing them. Then you have uh, another one that nobody ever wants to come across this situation, but disease management. Let's say you get brucellosis or chronic wasting disease coming in through your elk or chronic wasting disease coming into your deer. Oftentimes there's not much we can do uh, to reduce the amount of disease, but when it comes to like chronic wasting disease, there are some things that we can do. These units that have disease in them, the males are more likely to spread the disease than the females. And the reason I think this is, uh, though we, we can't know for sure, but the reason I think it is is because they're out chasing does. They're constantly sniffing, coming up on does, or the bulls are coming up into the cows and checking them all out, and they're just... They're just very close, and they're moving from multiple animals, touching multiple animals. And so you have a higher uh, spread rate with males. So when you're going to manage for disease management, you're going to harvest a lot of animals, bring that population down quite a bit, and then you're going to target males to even help that stop or slow the spread even more. And then conflict management um, conflict management, I've seen uh, unit-wide, but I've also seen it where they create subunits within the unit. Uh, the area that I live in, um, there are some, there, there's a their general unit for deer, but then in areas they have created another hunt to increase the harvest around urban areas. Your whole goal is to reduce uh, the amount of conflict. And I don't think there's ever going to be somebody who is happy with wildlife. There was a, a guy that uh, we were removing deer on his property because they were eating his flowers. And the entire city didn't want it, but he'd make such a big stink about it in their public meetings that they finally decided to bring in the Utah Division of Wildlife and start doing removals there. So it can be a subunit. You can draw areas... Uh, around these urban areas where you're instituting, uh, like if it's an urban area, you're going to institute an archery hunt. And archery has proved very successful in certain situations. Uh, not in every situation, but in certain situations it's proved to be successful. The one challenge you have with conflict management um, 
is they are close to a lot of people. Some people aren't very tolerant of hunting, and the closer you bring it into their front door, the more likely they're going to be upset. The other thing is, uh, are the boundaries well-defined, and can people understand where these boundaries are being drawn? Sometimes uh, they can be given maps that will show specific GPS points of the boundaries. Other times uh, they just have to read, and hopefully they understand. So there are some challenges there. Then population abundance management. This is when you get too many animals. We have a unit uh, that the elk are a couple of thousand over objective. And the reason why they're so far over objective is not because the biologists aren't issuing enough tags or the wildlife manager isn't letting the biologists do their job. It's over objective because it's 90% uh, private. And people like having a lot of big animals on their property and trying to harvest one. And so your whole goal is to uh, bring this population down. When this becomes the case, you're going to start seeing an increase in the targeting of females. You're going to have a lot more doe hunts, a lot more cow hunts, just trying to bring that population down. Uh, some of these uh, units that are like this, they've also got damage to their habitat from uh, natural disasters or fires. So there's a whole bunch of reasons why you would uh, have population abundance as far as a management plan, just because it's super detrimental to habitat. So as you're going about and you're thinking about all the different management styles and the things you hate about your unit, maybe you should ask your biologist, well, what is the management strategy here? What are you trying to employ? And how did you come up with that idea? And that will help you understand uh, the wildlife agencies, how they're managing, and maybe take a little bit of that frustration out. All right, you guys, have a great day. Stay wild.